Welcome to How Do Artists, a show that focuses on a single topic of conversation and asks the question, how do artists work, play, run their business, stay inspired, or handle the challenges and adversities from an artist's perspective? Our show will speak with a diverse group of artists and creatives, and you, as our listeners, will have a chance to ask your questions during our Q&A segment towards the end of our show. I am your co-host, Ryan Caldwell, musician and producer, and I am joined by co-host, artist, and illustrator, Carlana Pedersen. Thank you. Our topic for conversation today is how do artists get published? Our guest today is Barry Graff. Barry Graff was exposed to travel and photography as a young child on family vacations. He began shooting and added underwater images to his portfolio and was first published in magazines in the 1990s. He created iconic land, sea, and cityscapes and intimate close-up portraits of animals and, of course, his signature jellyfish. After decades of honing his craft, his work has been widely published and exhibited throughout the United States and internationally. Barry has received numerous fine art photography awards, including the Center for Fine Art Photography six times and in various solo exhibitions throughout New York City. His work has been recognized by some of the fine art photography's world's biggest names, such as National Geographic, Magnum Photo, Photo District News, Ogilvy M. Mathers, Hannah Mule Fine Art Paper, Canon Camera USA, amongst others. Barry Graff was featured on Popular Photography's editor's list of the most uh, top travel and wildlife photographers. Barry's popularity has continued throughout the pandemic with various photography exhibits, along with his work that will be exhibited at the Palm Room Art Gallery in Stewart, Florida this month in December and March of 2021. Consistently searching for scenic locales, Barry Stephen Greff preserves the best that Mother Nature has to offer, capturing the Earth's natural beauty in its most pristine state. His images memorialize iconic moments in time, never to be repeated and always in his own signature style. Let's welcome Barry Greff to our show. Yeah. Barry. Thank you very much. I'd like to meet that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very impressive. He does. I, I really, he does. I, I'd Absolutely. Like to I'd, like to see what, I'd like to hear what he has to say. <laughs> well, I think we're going to today, aren't yes, we, we Barry? Are. We're going to try. We are going to try. Absolutely. So let's get right into it. You have a lot of uh you've got a lot of stories and a lot of information to impart on all of us so i do let's uh let's find out let's let's describe yourself let's get into it and describe yourself when you were young and tell us how that was and how your upbringing affected you as an artist so if we were to kind of take a little bit of a of a piece of where it kind of began Sure. Paint a picture for us, please. Okay. Well, I have vivid memories. I grew up on Long Island, a town called Elmont, <clears throat> and uh, my family traveled a lot. 
And my first camera, they used to use the ones that you had to look down into, not giving oh. up my age or anything. Uh, <laughs> but uh, mine was a, a Kodak Instamatic, which had these flash cubes on it. And I remember thinking those flash cubes were like gold. There was only four to each cube, and it was only one shot for each. And so I really um, love those little cubes, I got to tell you. So did you, you started off in film. I did. Oh, yeah. I was in film way into when, when I thought digital finally met or exceeded the quality, which I'm saying was probably about 2004 to six, that about that time. So, yeah, anyway, that was my first camera. Um, I saw my parents uh, taking pictures on all our trips. And after they passed, I actually realized that uh, my, one of them, I think it was my mom, was taking landscape shots as well. And I probably watched her doing that while I was young. And, um, you know, I picked up the camera and I'd say back in college is where I started getting, you know, really good at it and interested in it. And I went to the University of Miami in Florida. So I had a lot of opportunities and I would drive south on the, to the Florida Keys. I'd rent a camera, an Iconis from um, Stephen Frank, who's a well-known National Geographic photographer. Mm -hmm. And I'd drive down, I'd rent his camera, I'd go take my pictures underwater, I'd come back and I'd give him my E6, which was the film at the time. It was this um, Fuji Velvia I used, which is a really cool little slide film. Oh, and, and yeah. And you know, you had 36 shots and that was it. You didn't know what you got. You know, and you came back, you were lucky, you got something. If not, you know, you had a fun dive anyway. So, uh, you know, that's how I started. And um, eventually I got from that into uh, shooting above, you know, in, on land. And, and that's really where it took off from there. Wow. No, I, I, you're, you're describing the film. And I, I remember, of course, film photography, my mm -hmm. mom, like, it's funny, you said your mom shot film. My mom was a, a musician, but she loved photography, and she was always m m meddling around in it and doing things. I just remember our refrigerator at one point had rolls of film right. uh, in, the in the refrigerator. And yeah, that's how they sold them. Yeah. yeah, and my husband, when I met him, uh, was a professional film photographer, so... He again, like the roles of film followed. Right, that's right, that's right. So now, before the show, mm -hmm. uh, you and 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 us, we um, all talked about how you how you got to where you were in this business, and okay. you mentioned strategy. You you had a strategy for getting published, for getting noticed. Um, you had a couple of wonderful stories about that. And uh, I guess the curiosity, I think, for myself is how did you go about creating a strategy to get noticed by high-profile individuals in the industry and commercial right. clients? What, what was that process for you? Okay, so I just put my pictures up and everybody just came. It was amazing. No, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. If you, if you put them up, they will come. Is that what That's right. Saying? Just like the movie. No, I wish. I, honestly, I thought that. I really thought that. Like, I know a lot of people do. But people yeah. hear me. It doesn't happen that way. Okay? Thank it's you a, for saying no, that. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of work involved. There's a lot of research um, you know, you got to be affirmative. You can't just, you know, sit back and hope that it happens. And um, 
you know, and there's some luck, of course, you know, that would like with anything. But I started innocently enough when I first um, entered into a photo contest. And, you know, I liked photography at the time, but I wasn't really serious. And I entered into this photo contest for a magazine called Zoo Life, Z-O-O. And I, and I put up one of my animal images, a close-up, which is what I, you know, my signature type style. And I get, they didn't even notify me. And I get a copy of the magazine that month. And here, not only was I recognized twice in the, in the contest, but they used my image for an entire half-page ad for their magazine. Nice. And I'm like, whoa, you know, that was amazing. Here I saw my work published for the first time in a magazine, and I got to be honest, I got hooked. You know, when I saw <laughs> that, that was it for me. You know, they got me hook, line, and sinker because it was it's really cool to see it for the first time and, um, you know, to look great. And, you know, here I went and tried to buy every, every one I could find, you know, just to have as many as I could. And oh, yeah. uh, so <clears throat> that's how I started. <clears throat> and then um, I, I did start working on a strategy, like you mentioned. Um, there was a couple of ways that I did it. Once I got serious about my work and realized that other people appreciated it, like once that was published and that kind of thing. And then I started getting into some more contests where I was placing or winning or getting honorable mentions. I realized that, the, you know, the editors of these magazines thought my work was good as well, not just my family. So that was a good thing. And, um, you know, so then I started doing more contests, but then I honed it a bit. And I started sending it to, um, they're called juried competitions. So the bottom line is, yeah, you may win a little bit of money, but if they pick your image, you're going to end up in a gallery. And to me, I started thinking my work is fine art. I wanted to get into fine art galleries. That's who I wanted to be. And so I started looking. And these days, you can just Google it. I mean, <laughs> you could just Google everything. And one of the things you could Google is fine art photography contests. And you'll have so many that you'll never be able to sleep. You can put your work in. OK, but what I did was I started going down the list and seeing who the jurors were, because to me, if you have a, a juror who's important in the photography world, not only is that credibility, but you can then put that person's name in your resume that in my case, say it was Joyce Tennyson or a curator and W.M. Bill Hunt is a huge uh, guy in New York, and he put my work in. Or Chris Pickler, who's uh, Nazarelli Press, who does Michael Kenner's work, who's a very well-known photographer. And if these guys start putting your work into galleries, then all of a sudden you've got a string of important names, and, you know, it just helps you along. And that's what I did. And I did pretty well in them. I, I read very carefully, people. You read very carefully what they're looking <laughs> for, okay? Yeah. Because you don't want to send animals to somebody, you know, who's looking for landscapes and vice versa, you know? And here's another technique. You look at the juror and then look at their work. Now, okay, <laughs> no, the juror does something and you think you could eh, probably not do it better, but maybe show a different side to it, you know, that he might appreciate or she might appreciate Right. You, you do that. All right. And again, you don't show something that you don't think that person's really going to hit off with, you know. So right. that's where I did it on that side. I really looked at um, these um, gallery exhibits and one after the other, after the other, I started picking them off, which is really nice. And you mentioned wow. the um, you mentioned the, the um, Center for Fine Art Photography. And I heard about it. Plus, it's got a great name. I mean, if yes. you're in the Center for Fine Art Photography, 
your work is fine art photography. No, I right. mean, they, they say <laughs> right. it. Makes sense. Right? Yeah. I mean, they put it on the sign, so it must be true. <laughs> so um, anyway, I, um, I then, um, I went in there one time with some family. I traveled a lot, and Colorado was one of my favorite places. So I went in there one time, and I was with family members, and I said, well, this is a cool place. I'm going to get in here. And it took me a year or two. But I now, like you said, I've been in there six different times, you know, with five different jurors, and they're all respectable people. And and so, you know, I even went out there one time for one of the, um, you know, the gallery openings. So, you know, and it down, it's been, I've had work in, in Seattle, in Atlanta, which I went to, that was my first one, in a beautiful gallery. It was a $60,000 horse painting across the wall from me. So I, I knew I had made it, you know, that was a real, <laughs> you know, that was a serious gallery. And uh, in Denver, um, I didn't tell you this story, but the owner was an older man. He's since passed. But he was a contemporary of Ansel Adams. And back in the day, he said Ansel used to come in and try to have him sell one of his landscapes for twenty five dollars. And nobody (laughs) would buy it. Do you know that they sell for half a million dollars? now? I know. So that was a hell of a story. And I was in that gallery and I was on the wall with he had Ansel. He had Sebastio Sagado. He had um, Ruth Orkin. He had some amazing, amazing photographers. And uh, I was honored to be on the walls with some of those people. It was really nice. And uh, yeah, and that's really what it is. It's targeting the right um, content. You can call them contests, but they're jury competitions, really. And, you know, getting in them. And then, of course, making it known that you did get chosen for that. And, and that that helps your credibility and moves you, you know, up the ladder, if you want to call it that. So that was one of the two major things that I've done to move my career and along. And it's really it's been good. It, it's it's worked for me. Well, th- that's chock full of information. And so so if I were to organize that in my head, I mm-hmm. would say research strategize target and go after specific people within those jury competitions yes research what they do what they're doing what they like right. and try to match what you have to those jurors yeah, to their or, sensibilities yeah yes and appeal to their sensibility i think that's a fantastic strategy i think that mm. um that makes sense in my head yeah, no, it does. it's common sense, but it's like I, I kind of learned it as I was going. And, you know, you, you tend to want to see, well, how can you win money? Because everybody wants to win something when they get into a contest. But to me, it wasn't about winning a few hundred dollars for, for being recognized. It was more about being picked to be in the gallery exhibition and to be able to, to me, the money was being able to say that this big name picked my uh, work. And therefore, in the future, I can use that over and over and over again. You're playing the long game. Yes, absolutely. You've got to play the long game. And I think sometimes uh, we, as creatives, can miss that. Right. Right. I think also as the generation, newer generation, I think, you know, I hate to say it and generalize, but I, I think everything has been given so much more quickly um, and I was at the end of that. I mean, I'm an older guy, but, you know, I've also felt like I wanted tomorrow, you know, or yesterday. Um, but it just doesn't happen. It's all hard work. And, you know, but it does pay off if you do it, you know, and I, this is not just yesterday. I've been, you know, been published and I've been in galleries for, you know, well over a decade. 
but it took me a while to get there. And it was a climb. It was a constant building and, you know, improving on it. You know, I didn't figure out the jury thing right away. I didn't figure out the juror thing right away, you know. But eventually it started to make sense when I got into a gallery and it was Joe Blow, who's the juror. And I'm like, who's Joe Blow? And if I don't know him, no one else is going to know him. So let me go now to the one that people do recognize the name, you know. Right. You know, so eventually that made sense. It does. And. I'm going to steal a question that Ryan had because it was so good. So I'm going to I'm going to steal this question. OK, it's all right. <laughs> I won't take you to court over it. It's fine. <laughs> you won't sue me over it. Right, Ryan? Like we're talking about strategy. You're talking about what it was that you needed to do in order to get to where you are. And this was very strategic. And in an age now where we have like you said, so many things that are right here, right now. How has social media played a part in your strategy? How has it affected what you've had to do in order to remain current and in order to sort of move with that flow? How has that changed things for you? Well, you know, on one hand, it's made it a lot easier because, for example, when I started and I had to use those slides I had to send those to be published and therefore you had to take a slide after you had it, you know, made up and then you had to do, I had to do little labels to put on them. Okay. And you know, with your name and the, and the date and the, and I the remember copyright. That. Oh my God. And, and so I was a model was, years ago doing yeah. that on okay. the photos from the photographers. Yep, right? So, that's right. So you know how much work, them. Yep. Right. And then you have to put those in a plastic sleeve and send those out with yep. the, the delivery memo. <laughs> um, and, you know, by the time you got one thing out, it was like, Oh my God, I'm, yeah. I got to go to sleep now. You know, <laughs> So uh, anyway, so digital comes in and wow, you could just send a file via email and you put all the information next to it and um, just send me an email back that you received it. Bam. Thank you. I could do a hundred of those in a day. And, you know, so it's really changed it in that regard. Now, come to today where everybody uses social media and you've got to be better than the other guy. It's exhausting again. It's gone full circle. Wait a second. Are you saying there weren't there weren't hashtags when you were making those little labels or uh, Ryan, I'm afraid, I'm afraid to tell you what there wasn't. I mean, I remember eight tracks, my friend, you know? You're in I, remember, I know I eight I know eight tracks. Yeah, I, I, I mean know. I've heard yeah. stories of them littering intersections. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, when I started out, it was you know the records and I know they've come back, but oh yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyway, um and, and but now of course you have to be like you guys you got a great podcast this is as professional as i've seen well, thank really you. Cool. yeah and and so but your competition's not always like that you know and and so you got to be up and above you know the last guy and so yeah, look and i got on here and i hear you guys well streamline this and that one this and i'm like whoa that's way over my pay grade, you know? And, and so it's all really complicated now. And I'm doing my best to keep it current on all the different platforms and all that. And so it's kind of come full circle where now even social media is hard. But, you know, I mean, I sold a piece to uh, uh, Australia a few months back. The guy loved the piece. But rather than create it here and ship it, I literally sent the image file over to the people in Australia they put it on a big piece of glass 
And bam, we had our piece, you know, and it was oh, wow. so much easier. And <laughs> I, better for me, I didn't get the check at the end, you know, and so. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's and also and it's already we, local. So you didn't have to travel, pay international shipping. Just keyboard. That was it. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, that's, like that's actually a really fantastic idea. Yeah, yeah no, I'm telling you, it's great. Yeah. The one, the Ogilvy you mentioned, that was a few years ago, but that was also in the digital age. And mm-hmm. I have this really cool picture that I took when I was driving in a cab. And I made the guy drive me around six times in order to get this shot through the window. And it was raining. It was New York City. And I got the, the marquee of, um, of uh, Radio City Music Hall. And it's a really great image. And they loved it. Um, but my point was, they paid a lot of money for it. But again, all I did was send them the file online. It was, wow, I would love to do more of this. You know? <laughs> so, you know, that's the commercial end of it. That's actually right. even, you know, even nicer than the fine art end because... Fine art, you do still have to do a lot of work. Usually, you know, you're going, you're printing these things, you're, mm-hmm. you're, uh, you know, sending them and all that stuff, shipping them, you know, and framing them sometimes, you know. I, I'm dealing with some fulfillment now, which I'm hoping to avoid some of that. But, you know, there's a lot of work around this. Anybody tells you you can just show up as an artist and it's going to happen, you know, don't <laughs> buy anything from that person. <laughs> no. That's not true. No, don't buy yeah. anything from them. Turn around and walk away. And, and I assume you're talking about all the hundreds of people that are selling stuff mm-hmm. to creatives right. all day long on social media. Of course. You can do this and you can get that and you can sell uh, this and this is a new way to, to advertise and this is a new way to sell your art here and over there. And oh, right. It pops up constantly because when you yeah. are an artist, they know it. Because of the, you know, the um, algorithms, they know what you look at. And so every day, number one, they want to make me a better photographer. And I always always like say I I send an email back and I send them one of my images and I say, if you can improve on that one, buddy, let me know. (laughs) Just to get a kick out of it. I never hear back. Harassing them. I know. They're harassing me. So it's all fair. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, and then but of course, like you said, to sell. Oh, do you want to make you know, a million dollars as an artist in 10 minutes, you know? I yeah. Mean, oh you know, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, yeah. The thing is always true. If it's too good, you know, it's not true. Oh, yeah. And there is something to be said about uh, like what you did. And that was really taking time to mm-hmm. develop your craft. I mean, right. I come from the idea that there isn't at no point in my life. Do I ever look at myself and my, my work and say, well, I'm done learning. Right, or, never, I, or, right. Or I'm yeah. not, or I'm finished figuring out how to do something, whether it's a, a different style or different technique or, or learning, just learning from other people. I think oh, that yeah. that's really important. I'm with you 100%. You're never too old to learn. I'm still learning every day, uh, learning about shooting, learning about, you know, uh, the business aspect, mm-hmm. you know. So, no, you're always, because things are always changing. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, constantly. So, you know, yeah, you, you're smart if you just keep listening and keep learning and, you know. Right. So so if you were to give people advice about how to get published, what would that ad- advice be? If, if someone is looking to, whether it's print or digital, what do they need to do to point them into that direction of print? And digital publishing from, okay. from major companies. Well, that was one of my, I call my one-two punch. That was my one punch. 
Mm. Um, the two punch was, I might have mentioned to you guys that I used to go to these um, portfolio reviews. Mm-hmm. And what just imagine speed dating, but instead of meeting another opposite sex, you're trying to sell your work or show your work. And you come in and you've got your book or whatever you might have. And you got 20 minutes and then ding, you got to run to the next guy. You're grabbing everything up and then ding, you go to the next guy. And, and you know, but if you go to a good one, these are serious people. Now, these may be right. I've, I've been to I've met with several people from major publications. Sports Illustrated, you know, only because the guy was really important um, and a great editor. Um, and then, you know, bigger magazines. I met with I met with Hallmark and I swear I'm not being narcissistic but the lady said your work's too good we can't use it for hallmark it's like it's art you know it's like oh, they don't pay that much no, that's true. That's true. But, but she said our stuff is more kitschy i mean i don't tell anybody that i said don't have to tell anybody we all know it you know but um right and you know i didn't really want my stuff on cards anyway i mean it's a lucrative market but not you know not for me i you know you if you're doing fine art you really don't want to do stuff like that because it kind of waters it down um and so the other punch was this portfolio review. Um, and I'd go to them all over the country. I went to as far as I'm in South Florida. I went all the way to California, to Palm Springs. I met with major people in the industry, uh, galleries, publishing houses. Um, I, I met, I mentioned uh, with, with Kenneth's uh, representative and, and his books that he publishes are works of art in themselves. I mean, they're limited edition, signed and, and they're amazing. You don't even want to open them. They're so nice. Um, and he went nuts. He loved my work so much. And he started yelling and screaming. And I'm like, whoa, this is, great. this is great. A great reaction. Everybody's looking like, what's this guy doing to him? You know? And, now, uh, Jerry, for people who don't know, tell, tell us what exactly is a portfolio review. Okay. So you got to sign up in advance. First of all, use Google again. There's one right now. There's the New York City Portfolio Review. So you can, I just saw, I got an email today. Um, you find them. Most important, again, look to see who the people are. Who are the reviewers? They always tell you. And mm-hmm. again, you don't want to go to a portfolio review for fine art if you're a commercial photographer. You're going to waste your time and their time. Okay. Right. Excellent. You travel there. You got to pay a lot of money to be in, and you got to be juried in. They don't just let you get in. You got to right. be of a certain quality, or else you know they don't want somebody coming in who shooting you know with a cell phone and, and doesn't really you know isn't up to a certain level yet. Right. That's all. I mean, right. and so the bottom line is, once you get in, you go to that place wherever it might be, and. You basically everybody's ready at the door and then everybody's sitting inside at different tables, all these people. And they've got their little name tags in there and you sit down with them and you show them maybe 20 pieces of your work. Now, I suggest I bring 17 by 22 hand printed. You know, I do them myself and they're beautiful prints because um, we've mentioned this a little bit, but people love that stuff. The people in the industry, they don't see it much. And they love to see a real print in their hand, especially if it's a good one. That's and right. they're really impressed with that. And so that goes a long way. A lot of people bring laptops and uh, and iPads. And, yeah. you know, that's just not the way because these people are pros and they really want to see what the work really looks like. And, uh, right. and that's what you do. You go and you've picked them in advance. You know, you know who you're going to see. You have an appointment with them. You know you have 20 minutes. I mean, literally, you get your images lined up, 
you know what order they're going to be in. And you got to understand that after you've seen that first one, you got to reverse them again to start with the next one. I mean, this is a trick I didn't know the first time. And I'm like a kid in school the first day and I'm juggling my papers and I'm like, you know, but I figured it out. You have to have a system where after you see one, you flip them over and then you're ready to start again and uh, only have what you need. Show them these 20 images. You know, they tend to talk. And if they stop you on the fourth one, you may not get to the sixth one. So you got to be leery of that as well. But you're not going to tell someone like that not to talk. The idea is you want to hear as much as you can from them. Now, I have gotten gallery shows from these people. I mean, that's the idea. You, you know, people go there and get published, you know, because this is a way to get in front of someone you'll never see. OK, you can try to get an appointment with a major magazine. But yeah, here you're literally guaranteed if they accept you and you pick mm-hmm. that person and you cho- you should pick quickly because they fill up. Okay, no, they really do. The, the bigger names fill up quickly. So, oh, yeah. you, you know, you join, you, you get one quickly, and then you're guaranteed to see that person unless, of course, you know, the world crumbles and they have, a, they have to be somewhere where you know, there's a big news story. You know, that happens. But usually you get to see these major people, and I've shown my work to some really huge people in the industry, and you can't beat that. I mean, publishers of major magazines, and then, you know, next thing you know, they're, you're on their radar, you know, you yeah, and that's key. Oh, it's I, so key. I, and that's absolutely key because I think um, sometimes we get caught up in, well, what am I going to get out of it right now? Mm-hmm. And forget about, well, you're building a relationship. And that's really what this sounds exactly. like you're doing. Oh, you're absolutely. going there, investing your time, investing your resources and investing money to do this. Yeah. And that return on your investment is you are making a contact with someone whom you would not otherwise even know that you existed or your Uh, art existed and can possibly put you into a different trajectory for your work and, and your art. So I, you said that, yeah, that's true. Exactly. That that is key. Um, So with that said, what is your favorite hack? What is like, in other words, like something you do or use that makes your photography easier. Can you share anything like that with us? And okay. what that might be. Well, if, I, if I told you, you know. <laughs> You'd have to kill me? Is that it? I, I don't understand that. <laughs> you know what I meant. Uh, no, of course, of course. All right, see, we're talking now about my actual images. Okay, yes, I'm going to show you. And it's funny you ask, because this we didn't practice. But, um, all right, I love, my one of my favorite things to do is to show the movement of water, okay? That means I will go to the ocean, or I will go to a waterfall, or I will go to a river, and I will put a tripod down, and I will, it has to be overcast, you can't be bright, but I will put the camera on the tripod, and I will leave the shutter open, could be a half a second, could be a second, depending on the light, it could be a couple seconds. And what happens is the water smooths out. And so you may see images of the ocean that, you know, they look like images of the ocean and they may be pretty. But when I do it, you know, if you look behind me, you can see that I I definitely slow it down so that you're basically seeing the white of the water, but it's smooth and it's coming over the rocks. And it's definitely a hack that I use a lot, and it works right. out great. It works out great in 
um, a lot of my seascapes and in my waterfalls and my, you know, my river shots and all that stuff. And to me, that's a major difference because I know a lot of people try to do it, but, you know, it's very easy to get your images burnt out, you know, and they look mm. really white. And to right. me, I, yes, they're overexposed. And so for me, I'm a perfectionist with that. I'm, I'm going to take a lot of shots and then every once in a while you get really lucky and you catch that wave. That's where the luck comes in. And, you know, you right. catch that wave just perfectly and, you know, it's just the going over and it's soft and it's soft and it's beautiful and everything else is in focus. And, you know, it's like, oh, thank you. You know, that was the one that I was counting on. Um, so that's my big hack as far as creating images. And again, it took me a while to figure it out. You know, that and I guess my jellyfish, which nobody does. But uh, I love was- your jellyfish, by yeah. the way. I was in Florida and in San Francisco, um, in both areas, and I photographed jellyfish, but they did not come out like that. Oh, that's, that's my hack. I mean, if anybody wants to try to do it, I, I, I spend a lot of time with the jellyfish. I mean, I really do. You know, um, I'm in those you know, places where the tanks are, and I, I use a little contraption on my camera so I don't scratch the glass or I don't scratch the lens. And the problem with them is that you're using the available light. You know, I used to shoot underwater, like we mentioned, but I couldn't get them like this. So in the, in the aquariums, you're using available light, and the backdrop is usually very pretty, like a bluish color, but they're always moving, and the light is very low. And you know about photography, low light and movement does not go well, you know, because things get blurry. Yeah. So. Um, I can get them up to say 36 inches or so, and they look amazing behind acrylic. Um, and so, and what's your exposure on those, by the way? Oh, forget about it. Every picture's different, <laughs> everyone's different. You're not gonna you, give me that one. No, I, I couldn't <laughs> tell you honestly. I'm, I'm you know, we talk about um changing every time, and depending on the place, depending on the lighting, depending on the jellyfish, I would bet if I looked at them all on the files, they'd probably all different because <laughs> yeah, no. that's not one that works. And I'm testing right. constantly, which, you know, is not so far-fetched from what I do out in the real world. I mean, the light changes constantly. When I'm out at the sunset, you know, as it's getting darker, I'm flipping. you got to shoot on manual, yeah. and I'm flipping constantly. And so, you know, every image could be a different, you know. Yeah, and that's the fun of it. Different. Yeah, no, it is, you know. That's the fun and of you, it. And you lose plenty, trust me. I, I lose plenty of images that I wish I hadn't lost. Yeah. The ones that got away, you know? Uh, Harder when it was filmed, though. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, actually, we have a question because now we are entering our Q&A section. Okay, cue away. So our first question comes from Lizlo. Do you use social media to get noticed by people? If so, how? And that is the question of the day these days because social media is, you know, it's like what you were talking about, a way to get in front of people you never would have even touched before. Right. And I absolutely do, Liz Lowe. I mean, to the point where my head is spinning. OK, yes, <laughs> uh, I, I have my own. I mean, I started a blog a long time ago, but I've been neglecting it because I've been working on Facebook and I've been working on Instagram and I'm also on LinkedIn. And, you know, so between those three and MailChimp, of course. So oh, you have to yeah, go MailChimp. Yeah. yeah. So between those four things. Um, you know, and I guess you could use things like Hootsuite. I use them for a while where you can send them all out. But Oh, yeah. You know, do, you, do you like Hootsuite or no? You know, it's been a while since I used it. I got, I can't say. I know I used to use it, and yeah. i got to start again because I'm sure it's going to save me time. 
But <laughs> as of now, I've been personally or working with a couple of people and we've been trying to get out, you know, uh, every day, um, at least a couple of um, Instagram posts and um, a couple of Facebook posts. And I have like a busy week this week. I had a gallery exhibition last night. So oh. I had to get that out to everybody. Yeah, she mentioned the Palm Room. Well, the opening night was last night. So, you know, for, it takes a couple of days to get everything hung. And, you know, when you're in there and then everybody shows up and then you do your thing. And then, you know, then, of course, the next thing was to get this out there on social media. Right. So, yes, Liz Lowe, you got to do this. You got to do it constantly. <laughs> you know, it's like whenever you're not shooting and editing, you're on social media. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I was going to say, I, I, you know, before our interview, I got to go and peruse your various social media platforms. And your Instagram is very impressive. Good, like, I was looking I was looking through that, and it just it gives you such a clear and immediate being yeah. like, oh, man, this guy is serious. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I actually, yeah, and I'm now looking for curators, which is a big thing. Mm. And I did one just this week. I did one for an art Instagram page in Spain. And, you know, I got almost two, the last time I looked, there was about 2000 likes, which is nice. You know, I mean, that's you know, that guy has a quarter of a million followers. So, you know, that's another way for people to use it. Go out, find a curator who does an Instagram page of what you shoot. If you shoot elephants, there's got to be a million of them that love people just love elephants and they love yeah. penguins and they love whatever. Whatever you shoot, I guarantee you they love it. And you'll find a page and go to that person who runs the, the IG page and say, look, I, either, uh, you know, they'll either accept some money for you to go on a hundred bucks or whatever. And if they've got a good following, you know, you don't go to someone who's got 10 people, but some of them, you know, have a quarter million, a million followers, you know, to have your work on one post on that page is a big deal because that's a, a lot of eyes on your work. So, oh, yeah. Either that or we we testing this thing with giveaways to like a giveaway of print to all your followers. Mm. So that's giving the owner of the page some content and some, you know, ability to do something for their followers. I mean, a nice fine art print, you know, worth several hundred dollars, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that's nice for them. And, and so that's another way. So, yes, the answer to your social media question is yes, yes and yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and those are the ways I do it. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Right. One last question. Mm -hmm. And and that really would be if you had um if you had to describe what was the hardest thing that you've had to do so far, mm -hmm. what would that be? And and how did you fix it or how did you get through that? It's a good question, and I, I definitely have an answer ready. Um, of all the things that I've done and that I'd like to do more of is actually selling. Um, and it sounds funny and obvious, but I'm right. someone who's, I've sold a lot of work. I got I'm you know I mean I'm not complaining. I have sold a lot. I, I have a nice clientele. Um, you know I sell ten at a time. I've sold a piece for a yacht. One of my jellyfish is in the bow of a yacht, which is really nice. Nice. Um, yeah, and I sold, yeah, I sold Canon cameras. They used an ad from of mine, um, and so yeah, I sold a lot. But you know, I was doing it with another day job at the time, and so I wasn't focused on it. And so now I am focused, and I've gone this route where I'm trying to sell and I'm offering discounts and all that stuff. The marketing people are trying to get me to do this, and I'm doing it. But I got to tell anybody if they're going to check my workout, I suggest you do it. If you're going to buy it, 
or you want a discount, buy it before the end of the year because I don't like this. I don't think my work should be discounted. And I'm going to do a no more sale sale, okay? And that, that's, <laughs> that's my last sale. It's going to be, you know, I'm not comfortable with it. I never did it before. I, you know, you got to believe in your work. And I oh, do. Yeah. And, you know, people have spent good money on it before. They're going to spend good money on it again. And so, although I have promised it for now on, on social media, I'll fulfill that promise. And, you know, if people want to jump in and get a quarter off, 25% or whatever I put out there, you know, obviously I'm going to live with that. And I'm a, a straight shooter and I'll do all that. But starting on the first, I'm done because uh, I have to feel comfortable with what I'm doing. And, right. like, you know, you do something, you know, you're an artist, you put your heart and soul into something and then you send it out and you say, OK, well, you want 25 percent off. Or 30. It's like, ah, you know, I know it's to get people to buy it. But at what cost? Not in that to be no pun, 25 percent cost. But, you know, <laughs> you, know, you know, that's my point. It's a cost to you because, you know, it's worth something to you and it's worth to people that have bought it before. And so I tried it, but like Mikey used to like it, I don't like it. And so I'm yeah. well, go elsewhere. Well, with that said, who is your ideal customer then? Who's who is the ideal client for Barry Guff? Okay. Well they they love a beautiful image number one. Because with art you have to love what you buy. You know, when you buy something, you don't buy it just because of the artist's name. You shouldn't. I know a lot of people do with the high end but you really got to look at it every day. And to me, that's what my work is. You know, people look, you can look at it every day and love it and not get bored with it and see different things in it on a different day. And so my ideal client is obviously someone who loves art, but also someone who could have paid for, you know, a good piece of art and not going to say to me, you know, well, you know, I want to spend a hundred dollars on an image that I'm selling for a thousand, you know, because look, Think of what I put into that image. Forget about the fact that I've sold it for that amount. And when you sold for that amount, you know, you're not going to go on the street and get a, a Lexus or a Mercedes and somebody's not going to hand it to you, you know, for a fraction of the price just because they like you. You know, I mean, they sell it. You know, they sell it for that because it's a good quality. It's good quality. Um, yeah. And so the same with me. I mean, the bottom line to me is the work is, is good quality. And therefore, somebody, you know, that wants it, that's willing to pay, you know, a good amount for it because they appreciate what it is. And look, it's been vetted. It's not like you're buying blind. I mean, if you go on my website, you can see that, you know, I have all these big names. And, you know, Canon and, and Magnum Photo and Ogilvy and, and Hanamil Paper, they use my work to show off their paper, um, you know, at a big expo. I mean, these people, they have a million photographers to go to all the time. And so if they're choosing my work, that to me is a big statement. Because right. Ogilvy, you know how many people work for them? They have tens of thousands right. of photographers. And they just picked mine. I had a guy showing my work at the time in New York. And they came out out of their own box and they bought it from me and um, used it in one of their main offices. Wow, that's so, fantastic. Yeah, well, so that, actually, if I, if I could interrupt, I think we do yeah. have one more question from our that's, audience, okay. which is Ed Lowry asking, if, asking, do photographers sell their copyrights and is this a good idea? And I believe he is talking about licensing. Yeah, no, I understand what he's talking about. And the answer to that question <laughs> is usually no. Usually, usually no. That's a no-no. Only because once you do, it's not yours anymore. 
And I mean, that seem, might seem obvious, but that means number one, you can't sell it anymore. You can't make any money on it anymore. And number two, they could use it for whatever they want. So there's a whole bunch of downsides. So number one, that image that if it's a great image, it could have been worth a lot of money. Now, look, if you sell an image that you don't think is very good and somebody wants to give you decent money for it. OK, I mean, I'm not saying never, but right. I would never I don't show those kind of images. So I wouldn't have that opportunity where somebody says, oh, I want to buy that outright. Now, OK, you want to pay six figures for it? All right. Well, that's a different story. So there's always that. There's always the line, right? There's always the. We all have our price. Let's say. We all have a price. Six figures, I might think about that. Yeah, right, yeah. right. But, but usually, the, the, it is a gamble. No, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, the life of a print, if it sells well, you can make a lot of money over the years. And, um, you know, you got to take that into consideration. Plus, here's the other side for them to understand. If they buy your copyright, they can use it any which way they want. And what if they use it for something really negative and an ad for something really negative? And it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of downsides to it. So I personally have never done it. And like I said, unless it was an image I wouldn't plan on selling a lot of, um, you know, then I probably would not do it. I don't think it's something photographers usually do. But again, if the money's there, that's a whole different story. You know, you got to pay your bills, and, you know. So, yeah. well. I think that I think we're drawing to the end of our program today. Okay. Well, you know what? I have really appreciated you coming on our show, Barry. Thank you so much for being our guest today. It has been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for giving us all your information and your insight. (laughs) I mean, I really feel like we got um, a really good sense of how to get, how to get started in in publishing and and how to approach uh, commercial clients in this way. I think that um, has been fantastic. So thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. And let me say this for your listeners. Um, a couple of things. You're going you're to give out my info, I'm assuming, and they're going to know how to reach me and all that stuff. Of course. And, um, you know, I'm hoping they're not going to have a million people calling or, or emailing. But I'm the kind of guy that I love to talk about my work, as you can see. you got to shut me up by shutting the, the, the button. <laughs> Um, and so I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind talking to people, your listeners, um, you know, because we didn't have that much time. If I can help somebody in this right. part, you know, and of course, if anybody wants to buy, I'm not going to turn them away either. But, you know, Absolutely. Um, anything I, I love. I love my photography. As you can tell, it's a passion. I, I think to be good at anything, you have to be passionate. And Absolutely. I am very passionate about my photography. So, um, you know, anybody wants to reach out there, there's uh, emails we're going to be given or you're going to be given uh, my websites. I have a portfolio site uh, with the big, beautiful pictures that I've used for a long time. And then I've got a sales site, which I've been trying. And, you know, the jury's still out. We'll see how that works. Um, but you know, <laughs> I'm still I'm going to still try. And like I said, I'm always going to sell my work. But the question is whether I'm going to really be discounting it or not. I don't know. Um, I'm kind of back and forth with that. You know, and I'm just, well, maybe, maybe I'm tired. I just had a gallery show last night. Um, I'm probably exhausted. You'll wake up tomorrow and then you won't even, you'll be like, what did I maybe say? I, did what I, I say, say that? that? Did I say <laughs> that? Wait a minute. No. I, I got a sales site. I'm keeping my that site. Wasn't me. Oh, no, I'm going to always have a sales site. The question is, you know, the constant discounting and stuff. I don't know. You know, I'm not saying it's not. For, it's probably for a lot of people. I just don't know if it's for me. And the reason I say that is because I have sold at full price forever. Sure. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know? I think that just goes be, 
you have to know who you are as an artist. And I talk about this a lot. Um, you can't get to, you can't get to level B until you know who you are. Right. You know, A, B and C, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So if, if you know who you are, as an artist, then, then you do what you do as an artist. That's what right. got you to where you are. And that's why you're on this podcast, imparting your knowledge to the rest of us. And right. and we appreciate um, all that you have given to us in terms My of pleasure. Uh, My pleasure. being able to figure these things out and um, and your kernels of information that you have provided. Well, I'm glad so you so, Ryan, I throw it to you now. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I want to thank you to uh, send a thank you to our listeners and everyone who participated in our show today. Thank you to Barry for being our guest today. And if you want to learn more about him and his extensive work in photography, please visit his website, www.barrygreff.com. And you can also follow him on Facebook and Instagram. All right. Thank and I you. think that concludes it for today. Well, thank you guys. Thank great, you for great joining. Job. Thank you for joining us. And we will we'll see you guys next week. Thank you, Barry, for joining thank us. You. My pleasure. Take care, everybody. How Do Artists is a live stream podcast hosted and produced by Ryan Caldwell and Carlana Pedersen. Our theme song, How to Live by Bird Garden featuring Rodgers and Cooper, was written by Ryan Cooper, Anna Rogers, and Ryan Caldwell. The How Do Artists logo, illustrations, and art design were created by Carlana Pedersen. Tune into our live streams and stay up to date by following us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. For more information about Ryan Caldwell, visit ryancaldwellmusic.com. And for more information about Carlana Pedersen, visit carlana.com. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening.